Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
uh, Sixers, Flyers, Eagles, Phillies, any of that stuff. And check them out, phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Use promo code CHEFS at checkout. Get 15% off. They got uh, unique designs. Uh, Sharp-looking threads, man, to make you stand out in the crowd. So uh, if you are a Philly sports fan, I'm sorry. Uh, no, but check them out. And if, or if you know somebody that is, family members, anybody else, uh, that's where you go. Get your Philly clothing needs, and it supports the chefs at the same time. And you get yourself a discount. Promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off. That covers our sponsor. Pay that bill as we move on. Uh, a couple of news and notes. We mentioned this last night on the Caller's Cookout, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Shameless plug. Nick Bosa got his contract last night, the highest-paid non-quarterback ever in football. Uh, Chandler, can you speak on that, or do you want to make any comments on Nick Bosa getting his deal last night? Um. I'll do what I can because there are things being done with intention right now. Um, I think it was smart of them to pay him. It shouldn't have taken this long, excuse me, especially if you knew you were going to give him the damn money anyway. So why go through all of these, these machinations if you were going to pay the man anyway, you know? Yeah. I, it's crazy they come, how much back and forth happens, and then finally uh, they end up going to the table. And, and at the end of the day, uh, you can end up hurting, you know, the team. It, it, it's it's a tough thing for me because management says they care about they care about the team and the success on the field. But you hold on, I, I'm gonna go and say it. I don't care. You can Christian McCaffrey me. You can Debo. You can whatever me. Nick Bosa is the best pure football player on that roster. Period. Point blank. Period. In my opinion, uh, but Fred Warner is very very close. Uh, at the linebacker position, that guy can do everything. Uh, to me, uh, those are two of the most talented guys on that roster. As I said last night, that needed to happen. They need to lock him up because that window is going to close pretty soon. They got a lot of talent, and they got people that are still going to be there, but a lot of these contracts are starting to come due. You're not going to be able to pay them all. That's the nature of the business with the salary cap in the NFL. You could try to defer some things and push some things back, but eventually bills come due. Um, so then you got to start uh, figuring out, okay, who can we do without or who can we find a replacement for in the draft? And then you hope that works out. So, you know, it's definitely cyclical. We're in a different time in the NFL. Uh, you can't just, you know, keep everybody the way you could back in the day. So um, he got paid. Chris Jones still holding out. Said he might have been interested in playing tonight. Uh, ultimately did not that was a bad snap right there they lost a lot of yards in that play so we'll see what uh, happens there Um, and then today uh, on the eve or I guess three days before the regular season uh, Joe Burrow got his deal done uh, now the richest contract in the league. I mean, that's kind of what happens, right? Lamar Jackson got his money. Uh, Pat Mahomes got his a couple years ago. Now Joe Burrow gets one. Everybody's trying to top the previous one uh, and become the highest paid guy in the league. Um, I'll say this, uh, and I know Chandler, you got to kind of pick your spot. So if you want to respond or just feel free to cut me off and say something if you want to between points here. Um, I, I mean, it, it, I think that um, – the, the Bengals front office heard the noise concerning them and how it's once again cheap old Cincinnati don't want to pay your quarterback. Um, remember, they went through that with Carson Palmer. So the fact that it took this long says something, but they got it done. And I think suddenly his calf will be fully healed uh, for Sunday. Well, he has been practicing for – uh, participation this week already, they said. So, um, but it was a legit when it happened. Uh, so it was a legit thing. But uh, yeah, they they were saying even before this contract was done uh, that he was a full participant. In, I read that yesterday because I was looking at it into. Uh, I had my last fantasy draft last night. It's funny. I don't put much stock in the Yahoo grades. I got a D, and I really like the team. So uh, anyway. Uh, I think that 
I think the borough needed to get paid. I don't know. You know, I, I feel like this whole, you know, highest paid, highest paid, every time a new contract comes out, I guess that's kind of the nature of the beast. It's not going to stay that way, you know, when the next guy finally signs. But at the end of the day, I feel like that doesn't necessarily or shouldn't necessarily be the case for every contract. Uh, we pay you like a top five quarterback in this league, and if we can, sometimes maybe that should be enough. But I don't know. That's just my opinion. I, I, I think we got to – though I will never begrudge a player getting his money. So I'm not going to uh, – I'm not going to say that uh, that he shouldn't get it, but it, I don't know. I I feel like there's something with the system. Like to me, uh, and and Tanner, you and I have talked about this over and over and over again. Uh, Pat Mahomes, best quarterback in football, and I, I don't think it's close to me. I I think Pat Mahomes is in a tier by himself, and then I think we got the next tier guy, and. So to me, I, you know, I mean, and they won't do this because everybody wants to be, you know, I'm a franchise guy. I want to be paid like this, fine. Uh, and this is why I couldn't be a general manager because I could be like, you know what? You don't have two rings. You're not Pat Mahomes. I'm not paying you more than what he got. I'll give you a fair deal. I'll give you this. But I'm not I'm not paying you more than the best guy in the league. I'm just not going to do it. And But NFL doesn't isn't necessarily like that, and part of it, too, and this is why I don't begrudge the player for it, though, because at the end of the day, uh, unlike baseball and unlike basketball, this money is not guaranteed. I mean, now there's a lot guaranteed on this deal. Uh, I think the the final number on Burroughs' deal, I didn't see how many years it is, but it's $275 million or something crazy. And I think 219 of it is guaranteed. So that, that's a lot. But some of these contracts, these teams sign these players to, and they never intend to pay the whole thing. And that's why anytime the NFL is different from any other sport in that, anytime you look at the first line of a contract, you got to keep reading and see the second number and see what it says is guaranteed. At the end of the day, uh, that's the end all be all of the contract. So, uh, you know, he's getting 219 guaranteed, uh, pretty rich deal. Now, what I will say is this, uh, without saying that he's best in the league or whatever, I would say that not just any quarterback could go in and help Cincinnati become a contender and become more than a one-year wonder. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, showed some toughness in his first year at LSU. His second year was able to solely focus on football because he had completed all of his classes, uh, was the architect of one of the best college seasons we'd ever seen, really. Um, now, it helps when you got <laughs> Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson both in your receiving core and a guy who played in the NFL running back for a few years who doesn't have a job right now, but still, NFL caliber running back with some linemen that are in the league, too. They had a fantastic uh, offense, but uh, we haven't seen those numbers um, in a in a major conference before before he put those up. So, uh, and then he goes to Cincinnati. His first year almost gets killed, uh, hurts his knee, but then comes back and like, you know, Bengals haven't been in the Super Bowl since Boomer Sison, and they played well in that Super Bowl. They only lost by like, four points or something. Never back again. Uh, Hadn't really won a playoff game in a long, long time. That was the big knock on Marvin Lewis was that. Okay, you can get to the playoffs, but you can't ever win. And so, and they didn't. So, um, to get to a Super Bowl, one year, to get to a conference championship game, uh, the next uh, big things, and and that's still not a great. It's still not a great defense in Cincinnati. They lost one of their main people on the back end, but they're continuing to try to improve that team. Uh, he's got a fantastic receiving core, uh, but, you know, as we've learned at times in the past, if you've got really good receivers, you've got to have somebody that can get them the ball. So uh, for him to have come in and had success with that Cincinnati franchise, we haven't really seen that a a – 
a Bengals team not only making the playoffs in back-to-back seasons, but making noise when they got there and not just kind of bowing out in the first round. So uh, definitely something for Cincinnati to be very, very excited about. And really the city of Cincinnati, period. You think about, like, what, they're, what they've got in football right now. I, don't, I want to finish up one other thing on that. But then you look at all these young, talented kids they got on the baseball field, too. It's actually a pretty exciting time, I think, to be a a Cincinnati sports fan. Uh, now, the interesting piece to that is uh, you got to figure out what you're doing with Higgins. You got to figure out Chase in the next year or two. These guys are going to want to get paid. You got to continue to make improvements on that line. Uh, yeah, Joe Mixon's got a deal that's going to keep him there for a while, and then you still got to continue to look at the defensive side of the ball. So. Now you put this kind of money into Joe Burrow, uh, you know, what can you do? How can you make it work? Uh, You know, Kansas City won their first ring when – they won their first ring when Mahomes was on that rookie contract. And then they kind of took a little bit of a step back, had to let some guys go. They had to make some tough decisions. I don't think they really wanted to get rid of Tyree Kill. Uh, but if you decided you're going to keep Kelsey and you decided you want to keep Mahomes and if they're going to be able to work out a deal for Chris Jones, certain guys, like you only have a certain amount of room in a salary cap. Um, there's a difference there. So the Chiefs did get a fumble back uh, from the Lions inside the 10-yard line. Uh, so the Lions were knocking on the door to score. But the Chiefs were not able to do anything with it, so they punt the ball back to Detroit. Still 7-7, second quarter in KCMO. So that's the next thing to watch for in Cincinnati is what happens with these young receivers and and they can figure out ways to get created and figure out how to keep these guys. And we kind of thought maybe they would – Chandler, I think you and I talked about this before. We thought maybe they would sign Higgins first. And then take care of Burrow next, and then you know, come, you know, defer some money so they could uh, sign Chase, uh, you know, the following year, and they would try to, you know, stagger these out over three years to find a way to make it to get it done. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm, I'm curious to see what that Cincinnati front office has up their sleeve and what they're going to do to make this work. Well, the thing um, is, is, is. With, with with stuff like that is you know you're going to have to pay these kids. So what NFL front offices don't do, which is really stupid, is they don't pay them early. Okay? After the first year, you knew those two, what two guys you're going to keep. That's when you that's when you try to get them an extension, um, they, and you could get them signed for less money than you're going to have to pay them now. You understand what I'm saying? And you could even, ex, um, you know, extend it out more. So that the 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 money's lower and and the cap hit is lower, but they don't do that. They wait until the last damn minute. Then they want to say, "Oh, now we we well, you know." I'm, listen, I'm not. I'm feeling sorry for billionaires. I'm just not doing it. I'm not feeling sorry for billionaires who have the money and know how to manipulate the cap, but choose not to. Now I agree with you, and so that's why it's interesting to see how they find a way to make it work. And yeah, to your point, I get what you're saying, and like this is a different sport, but. It's a, it's a la a lot of what the Atlanta Braves have done in baseball. You know, when they targeted and they realized that Cunha was going to be that dude, uh, they signed him. They signed his best friend in Ozzie Albee. And then they traded for and they got Sean Murphy and Matt Olson both signed. And then they signed Austin Riley last year. And they also signed Money Michael Harris uh, to a big deal. And, and now – it's funny because Orlando Arcia wins that shortstop job. He's hitting in the 290s with 15-plus home runs and a lot of clutch home runs. And so the Atlanta Braves are set. They they also brought uh, a, about a, a couple uh, about a month ago. They also went ahead and signed Travis Darnell as their backup catcher and brought him back for another year or two. Uh, so the Braves are set. Uh, the only thing they got to figure out is 
They're going to keep Marcellus in at DH, and honestly, you probably should with the year he's having right now. Marcellus in a, who, uh, at the end of May, uh, his batting average was, if it was in triple digits, it's because the first number was a zero. Uh, and then now he's up to around 280, 290. He's been crazy hot uh, over the last couple months. Uh, you know, Michael Harris, uh, on June 1st was hitting 167, and now he's up over 290. Uh, but the, the Braves are set uh, for the next several years as far as in the field. They may decide to do something different um, in left field. They, they'll make a decision with Eddie Rosario. But center, right, first, second, short, third, catcher, they're set across the board. And so that allows them to really cherry pick, maybe a starting pitcher, maybe a reliever to go with the Glacies in the pin. It allows them to cherry pick and, and I mean, find a, a piece or two, and they can really, really concentrate their their focus, and they can continue to work on building, rebuilding their minor league system. Because the let's not make any mistakes, they had to give up a lot in order to get Murphy and Matt Olson, uh, but those deals have worked out really well uh, for them, as we talked about uh, multiple times. So, jumping back. Football. Uh, a sack right there yeah. uh, by the Lions. They just uh, Kansas City got the ball back. Twenty-five yard completion there from Mahomes to Rasheed Rice. Mahomes out here, out here throwing to people we ain't even heard of. Uh, <laughs> but, but he's getting it done because he's that dude. Um, I still think. With Kelsey out, whatever I picked the Lions last night, I'm I'm staying with that right now. But but we will see uh, what happens tonight in Kansas City. But a good football game uh, to open the season. We got a full slate of games coming up Sunday. Any games Sunday, Chandler, that you are uh, really interested to watch, or that really jump out to you, or jump off the page at you that you that grab your attention, or have you looked at the Sunday slate yet? No, I haven't really looked at it. Um, so, like I said, it's just a lot right now. So I haven't looked at anything. Um, I'm gotcha. hoping to maybe okay. get be able to do it, you know, shortly, maybe in the next two days or so. I got you. I'm re- to me, one of the games that I'm kind of fascinated by is the is the Monday night game with the Jets and the Bills. I said this last night uh, to see the new the new look Jets offense. Uh, see what the Bills look like. Uh, that's one that jumps out at me. I mean, obviously, as a Saints fan, I'm, I'm ready to see them play and see what they have. Uh, you know, the headliner on Sunday night is Giants-Cowboys. Uh, what does that Cowboys offense look like with Mike McCarthy uh, calling the plays now? And Kellen Moore uh, you know, moving on to the Chargers. Uh, what does that look like as well in L.A.? And so uh, TP and I and anybody that joins us on Sunday morning, time of Sunday morning brunch, 11 a.m. Eastern time, will go through, set the stage. We'll recap college football from the weekend. We will also uh, go through, pick the games. TP loves to ask the question, who do you like in this game and why? And so we will go through and pick games and see how wrong we are uh, as the week uh, evolves. So definitely excited to have football back. It's funny. My first answer yesterday on the cookout when Barry said, what are you most excited for uh, this weekend? I said, NFL Red Zone, six-plus hours of commercial free football. Uh, That is my favorite channel. It's like 55, 60 bucks for the whole year, but when you get 18 Sundays, uh, it's definitely worth it. You're looking at what three dollars and some change per per Sunday. To me, it's worth every penny of it. So I'm excited to have Red Zone come back this year. That's uh, my favorite, favorite, favorite channel of all the TV channels in the history of TV. So uh, other stories around pro football. Let me see if there's anything else I want to hit. I'm curious to see 
what Deshaun Watson looks like in Cleveland this year without all the distractions and having a full training camp and all that. I'm curious to see Lamar Jackson in that Todd Monken offense. Uh, can Odell Beckham stay healthy? What does Zay Flowers look like? Uh, and then you got maybe Rashad Bateman as the three and Mark Andrews. Uh, what does that offense look like? AFC North is going to be uh, interesting. Is there any way that New England finishes anywhere other than last place in the AFC East this year? Uh, I'm not sure that I see it, but we'll see. Uh, just kind of looking around the league, uh, I think that the Cardinals and the Rams in that one division in the West may be two of the worst teams in football. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, part of me wonders if they're trying to tank for Caleb Williams. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, over there. I, I like uh, San Francisco as far as I think they they should be a playoff team. Uh, can Geno do it again in Seattle? You know, those are the only, you know, those two teams are what makes the NFC West better than the NFC South probably. Uh, but the bottom two teams in that West may be as bad as any of the, two, any of the teams in the South. So um, we will see. I'm kind of trying to hit a little bit of, and then the AFC West. Hey, can we, can City, we, can, hey, Mike, can, can we uh-huh. stop um, saying distractions when it comes to Sean Watson? Those were 20-plus sexual assaults. Those are not distractions. Those were, they were 20-plus okay. sexual assaults, okay? And, and, and they do that on TV, too. It, it, that's dehumanizing and minimizing what 20-plus women had to go through. Oh, it's just a distraction. No, it was a sexual assault. There's okay. a difference between that, a distraction that, and a sexual assault. That, that, is, that is completely accurate. Uh, and my bad on that, I haven't been watching a lot of TV, so I'm not mimicking what I've seen on TV, and you're right. So I will say, without him having to serve, with with the fact that his suspension is over, and without him, um, I, I I still think that he might have gotten off easy on, on, on a lot of that. Uh, but now that he's had a a training camp and has gone through – an entire off-season program, and is able to work with that offense and stay with them all season. I'm curious to see what that offense looks like. But you are 100% correct, and so my my bad on that. So uh, thank you for the uh, thank you for the correction there. Marquez Valdez Scanling, mm-hmm. former uh, Packer, with a big catch downfield on the 30-yard line. So. Uh, yeah, thank you for checking me on that, Chandler. That's that is completely accurate. Uh, and now they are down inside the five on the very next play. Boy, Pat Mahomes can throw that thing. Uh, looking at the AFC West, can the Chargers get back to the playoffs? And if they can, can they hold a lead? Can they progress past the first round? We'll see. What does Denver look like under Sean Payton? What does Russell Wilson have in the tank? And how does he do in that offense? That's going to be very interesting to see, too. I think that Denver opens up with the Raiders this weekend. So I think it's interesting how everybody continue to try to set Russell Wilson up uh, to fail there in Denver. Um I'll never understand why people have such an issue with a guy who's never done anything wrong. Tell me, tell me, tell me something Russell Wilson has done wrong. You can't. Yet all these people have knives out for him. You know, they leaking stuff from that's being said inside the building and stuff like that. It's everything it seems is, is designed when you're talking about Russell Wilson to basically destroy his career and reputation. And they can't because the man ain't did nothing wrong. He had a bad season. Okay. you know. But you know what? Sean Payton better not come in there thinking that he's going to make Russell Wilson uh, Drew whatever the hell his name was because they're two different players. And if you're not willing to adapt your style to what you got, then it's not going to work. And that's going to be as much on Sean Payton as it is on Russell Wilson. I 100% agree with that. 
Um, and so my comments were, can he bounce back from a bad season? Uh, because he didn't have a good year. And that happens in sports. Um, football is a hard game, man. Uh, and sometimes people just don't have great years. Maybe it was not a good fit uh, with the coach there. Maybe the personnel didn't, you know, you know Jerry Judy out for a chunk of time. Uh, I want to say Cortland Sutton got hurt and missed a chunk of last year too. So you didn't have a lot of the pieces that you were expecting to have. And then you're starting running back. Uh, Javante Williams goes out early on as well. And so you, you had a lot of people go down last year and a lot of injuries around him. And that's going to happen to a lot of quarterbacks. Kansas City has scored. Pat Mahomes with three throws in a row, uh, one to the 30, one down inside the five, and then another quick flip for a touchdown. Uh, and now the Kansas City Chiefs are up 14-7 on the Detroit Lions in the second quarter of this opening game, ring night in KCMO. But I 100% agree with you on on Russell Wilson. Um, and, and But they, they've tried uh, over and over again. Well, he got too big for himself, or he wanted his own coach, or he wanted this or that is. Um, so, but, but, you know, you're right. Russell Wilson's never gotten in trouble. He's never uh, he's never done anything wrong, and so uh, there's there's definitely there's definitely too much attacking of Russell Wilson uh, the person, and it, it gets personal when it should not. I, I 100% agree with you on that, um, and so and I also agree with you on he can't. Try to make him Drew Brees. Um, he's got to adapt, uh, and I, I think he will, but I don't know. Uh, I, I hope he does. Uh, Russell Wilson's a guy that, in my opinion, is is easy to to root for and hope he does well. So, uh, I I think they're going to win this weekend. I, I just I don't think Josh McDaniels is a good head coach, and I don't think. You know, I still think that Raiders franchise uh, has got a lot of got a lot of work to do. So uh, we will see uh, come Sunday uh, what happens there. Yeah, Josh McDaniels is the clown. I mean, all you have to do is look at what they're doing with Chandler, Chandler Jones right now. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, once again, you got Josh McDaniels trying to make make somebody scapegoat for everything, and to deflect from the fact that he's a terrible coach. Because why would you yeah. sign this man if you actually didn't want to play him? What the hell did you sign him for? Well, and and, and Derek Carr's not there to make the scapegoat this year. So gotta go to somebody. Uh, when Carr was the one guy the year before. When everything went so out of whack, he was the one guy. Whether you like Derek Carr or not, whether you think he's any good or not, uh, a couple years ago, uh, that team made the playoffs behind an interim coach after they got rid of John Gruden, which justifiably so. And during that season, when there were so many questions going on and nobody else really being accountable, uh, Derek Carr was at the podium each and every week answering questions, facing down the media, and doing all that. And even if you did want to move on to a different quarterback, and even if you didn't think that he was the answer for your system, I don't agree with the way that that was handled uh, towards the end of the last season. Um, Just another strike to me on Josh McDaniels. Uh, We talked about rookie quarterbacks before. Uh, in this league, and so full slate of games on Sunday. Anything else NFL related that you want to hit or feel like bringing up? Before we move on, Chandler. No, not really. So last night, I made good on my bet. Uh, from what uh, the vet Barry and I had, so I had to say no family repeatedly uh, when Barry asked me to on the college cookout. Um, I'm getting the business in the group chat from all the chefs uh, Sunday night. 
And then I wake up Monday morning. Uh, I got to work on Monday, and I open my text messages, and my my uh, beloved co-host sends me a message, and it just says, I told you, I don't believe in Brian Kelly. <laughs> and, you know, uh, my response was, I still think he's better than the last two coaches that they had in Baton Rouge. Uh, the jury is still definitely out. Um, but LSU did not play well at all. Um, I do think this Florida State team is, is good, but I was not impressed um, with what I saw from LSU last weekend. Uh, Chandler and I told everybody here that we expected Colorado to play well uh, on last Saturday, and they did. We talked about that uh, Sunday, and we talked about it throughout this week. Uh, I think they're going to go into Nebraska and take care of business on Saturday as well. Uh, but we will see. Uh, interesting slate of games this weekend uh, for me as far as in week two. Uh, you have the Colorado-Nebraska game. Uh, and let's not uh, kid ourselves. It's because of Colorado that game is interesting. Um, and the 2.30, 3.30 Eastern time time slot on Saturday – there is Ole Miss and Tulane, Notre Dame and NC State. Um, at nighttime on Saturday night, there is Alabama and Texas. There's another one on Saturday night that I'm really interested in, but I'm having trouble thinking of what it is right now. Um, so Texas did everything but win the game against Alabama last year in Austin, and that was with Bryce Young under center. So we will see what happens in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Oh, another game in that, I believe it's also in that 3.30 time slot, is Texas A&M going down to Miami uh, to play. So uh, that's another game that I'm kind of interested to see um, how that turns out this weekend as well. Lots of college football, and then as we go through this weekend, we start getting into more and more uh, conference games over the next couple of weeks. But um, after week one, a lot of questions that need answering uh, in in Baton Rouge. So we'll see. Uh, Chandler, I have – an interesting question I, I, I want to ask you about with uh, LSU. This is kind of a kind of been a hot topic, and I'd be curious to hear your take on this if you have the ability to answer. Last year, LSU had a true freshman named Harold Perkins, who spied Bryce Young, who made a big difference. He was kind of see ball read attack, uh, but he is he's about six. He's about 220-some-odd pounds. Um, and at the college level, he can rush. He can come from the defensive end position. He can get off stuff and, and really just kind of attack. Uh, LSU moved him inside to a, a linebacker position this year uh, with the idea that they're trying to help him uh, develop his all-around game to get ready for the next level. At 220 pounds, uh, you're not going to be able to be a uh, hand on the ground, rush the passer defensive end at the NFL level. That's a little bit too small. Um, So, you know, the the argument is his future at the next level is probably going to be as an off-ball linebacker. So, they had the position switch. He kind of worked at that position a lot in the spring. This is his first game taking live action there. He wasn't as much of an impact player. Uh, I think five or six tackles uh, in that game. Uh, teams were able to kind of slant away from him some. And so – there are some people that say, well, they just need to put him back in a position where he can attack and that's what's best for the team. 
the other side of it is uh, it may be best for the player to help him develop and prepare for the next level uh, to play off ball and play at the linebacker position and learn more of the nuances of that. And so the idea is, uh, do they try to mesh those things a little bit? Uh, and this is kind of what's best for the player versus what's best for the team. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. I don't know because I don't trust uh, Brian Kelly. You know what I'm saying? So if it was a different coach, I don't believe that Brian Kelly. I don't believe Brian Kelly knows how to help players improve. I don't. So you move him. Talking about what's best for the player, but you're literally hurting the team. And instead of making the adjustments, we're okay. Let's move them. Let's move them back and forth. You know, we have some plays here. We will have some plays here. We will have a package here. We will have a package here. You put them one place, and that's it. What possible sense does that make? You understand what I'm saying? If you're talking about, I'm going to try to help the player improve. It also can't come at the expense of the team and vice versa. You know, but tell me yeah. a player that that Brian Kelly had anywhere that when they got to the NFL, you're like, oh, man, that dude was really coached really well. I can't think of one. So if it was any other coach doing it, I would absolutely agree with that. You know, but simply because it's Brian Kelly, they should have just left him alone. But, and I think they're going to try to do some back and forth uh, with the idea that he has a couple of years to continue to develop. So it'll be interesting to see because, to me, uh, he's at his best when he can read and uh, – or when he can, you know, see ball, attack ball. <laughs> um, yeah, and, but, and but I that think... plan – that plan should have been implemented in the spring. Right. You understand what I'm no, saying? I agree. You can't suddenly now say, "Hey, we're gonna come up with this." Why wasn't Why wasn't it? Why didn't you already have this? You know, why didn't you already have these things set up? Now you're doing it on the fly. This is what I'm talking about. There should have been a plan since the spring. Not once the season started, and you realize, well, hey, putting them here don't really work. What do we do now? Hey, let's come up with a plan. What the hell were you doing all spring? Yeah, now the one thing that I will say is uh, practice is, you know, if you feel like he naturally, instinctively can do these things, then, you know, you can you can do different things in practice and through spring ball and that kind of stuff to try to help him round out another piece of his game. So we will see. I, I agree with you. I think that I think that Brian Kelly has a lot of questions to answer, and I think that this is a guy. Uh, what happens with him is something that uh, a lot of recruits and a lot of people will be watching closely because um, how how they develop this guy and how he continues to develop over the, last, the next couple of years will uh, play a big role in what they can and cannot get uh, as far as player-wise into Baton Rouge. So um, I agree with you. A lot of questions need to be answered. The one thing that I will say is, you know, he didn't really have a choice, but at least he took some accountability uh, after this game and whatever. But, you know, uh, still at the end of the day, I'll take him over Ogeron. And I still think I'll take him over less miles, but we will see. I may uh, I may change my mind over the next year or two. Uh, I'll tell you what, they wouldn't have scored thirty one straight on Ogeron or less miles because they would have at least tried to make an adjustment. See, I'm not trying to hit Chip Kelly because he brought the players in. It's the players, and I just bruh. You gave up thirty one straight points. That's all on coaching. Because y'all didn't make not one damn adjustment. I'm not trying to hear him talk, throw the players under the bus. I'm not trying to hear him talk about what the players got to do. Yeah. Get your damn coaching together first before you start talking about the players. Actually, he did not throw players under the bus at all. He t- he did. Yes, he did. Stuff. No, he didn't. Okay. I, heard, I, I heard the press conference 
where he started talking about where, where he said the players have to dig deep and the players this and the players that. Now, yeah, he called it a failure of coaching, and that should have been a period. This was a failure of coaching, period. Stop. Don't say nothing else. Then after that, he went to the players. So, yeah, you're throwing them under the bus because 31 straight points, they got a damn thing to do with players. That's coaching adjustments or lack thereof. Well, you ain't going to get an argument from me. It was uh, it was hard to watch uh, at the end of the day. Still love my team. And, listen, if uh, I don't care what they gave him or what kind of contract they gave him, uh, if – if the next year plus uh, continues to prove out the verdict uh, ends up exactly what you're saying on him, um, the one thing I can say about LSU is they don't have patience in Baton Rouge. Now, I, I want to go to the other side of that because last year everybody was talking about uh, fire Mike Norville. Can we get Deion Sanders in here? And maybe – Mike Norville is still not that coach, but having some time in that system, it definitely looks like he has uh, the pieces in place uh, to be successful. So uh, we will see. The only other game that they really have right now that looks like a, a serious obstacle is Clemson, and Clemson didn't look great on Monday night. That that was, I'll say this, uh, for all the things we can say about Brian Kelly, I thought that, um, and I'm not saying any worse, but I'm just saying in the same vein, I was I was shocked to see that Clemson team. Uh, I really thought they looked unprepared and almost like they thought that they were going to show up and just handle business against Duke. And that was another team that looked very unprepared on Monday night. And, I, you know, for a team that thought that they were – they got their quarterback and they were ready to return back to the elite of college football. That was an extremely disappointing performance from the Clemson Tigers as well on Monday night. Yeah, and, I expected that. Um, I expected, and I didn't think Duke would beat him, but I expected it to be a really close a game far closer than it should have been because he dabbles in that they're talking about God's name, image, and likeness, and nonsense like that. And he don't want to use transfer portal and all this other nonsense. And he don't want players to get paid while he's making eight bajillion dollars from the state of South Carolina. Um, ain't nobody trying to hear him, bro. Ain't nobody trying to hear him. He's not getting. He's not going to get the top shelf players um, because he's refusing to change. It's change or die. He dying. Oh, by the yeah. way. Mike Norville looked like he had the thing locked last year when they beat Notre Dame. How'd that season work out for him? Yeah, uh, Mike Norville, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, Definitely interesting to watch in the ACC, uh, you know, as far as who challenges there. And if uh, anybody at that conference has a chance to contend for the playoffs. Uh, Opening weekend, so still about a season to go. But if this is their swan song, as I said uh, the other night, really good weekend uh, for the the Pac-12 as they went undefeated um, across all of college football. Now, some of their games were a little closer than uh, they would have liked, but the Pac-12 went undefeated last weekend. Now, uh, some of these teams are going to ramp up in competition, so we'll see uh, what happens moving forward. But 929-477-2759. There's a call-in number if you want to get in and join us. Um, I'm going to say for the next 10 minutes or so, I think we're probably going to maybe knock it off around 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, And we have – go ahead. No, I just said okay. Um, so we have uh, halftime in Kansas City with a 14-7 to lead for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Lions here in the opening game. Uh, third quarter starting soon. Uh, looking around, let's see. What else do I have? Um, Chandler, I know you can't talk a whole lot, so I'm not going to get you wound up on this. Uh, uh, we're not going to talk about the Kim Mulkey contract. Um He's not going to do it today. 
Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Other stories around baseball. The uh, Atlanta Braves won three out of four in L.A. To, to kind of stretch that out, they lost the first two to the Cardinals this week, but they're kind of uh, bouncing back tonight up eight to three. So uh, the Dodgers didn't really gain any ground with the Braves dropping the first two as the Marlins have suddenly got hot and started to try to climb back into this race. Uh, I expect uh, these guys to turn it around, uh, but the Rangers right now are on the outside looking in for the playoffs. They kind of really hit a tough stretch. They're four and fourteen in their last eighteen games, and they just got absolutely wrecked by Houston this week. So uh, maybe the off day, maybe they'll get this thing back together. But uh, the Rangers have got. A little bit of work to do now. They got to, you know, they're facing some adversity. Uh, but this is not Bruce Bochy's first time having to face that, and so I think they're going to be fine. I do think they miss Josh Young, that third baseman, kind of an emotional leader for that team, and I think they miss him a little bit um, as well. So we'll see what happens there um, in the AL West. Right now, Houston would win the division, Seattle would be. Uh, wild card team, but they're both still right there, and uh, all three of those teams, that's still the best uh, race, in my opinion, uh, left in Major League Baseball as we go through the last three and a half weeks of the regular season. Uh, Let's see, any other major stories? Shane McClanahan uh, had his second Tommy John surgery. He's going to be out until 2025. Uh, Mike Soroka had numbness in his fingers the other day. Uh, They think it might be something serious with him. I really hope at some point this guy can get back, but he's really been snake-bitten with injuries. So uh, we will see what happens there. Uh, You know, a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk about Mookie Betts really gaining on Ronald Acuna uh, in the MVP race. Ronald Acuna hit three home runs in that series. Um, He just hit another one tonight. He's up to 33 uh, listen, he's got an outside shot at 40, Chandler. With three and a half weeks to go, he needs seven more. Um, he's hit four in the last week. Uh, this guy could possibly hit 40 home runs and steal seven bases this season. Uh, so, to me, uh, Mookie's having a great year. Mookie would be an MVP in a lot of seasons, but I still say miss me with that this season. Um, I would still vote Ronald Acuna as my MVP. Yeah, this is why I don't understand where this talk is coming from. Even if he doesn't hit 40, um, 35, 37, and 70, I don't care what Mookie Betts does, okay? He better not win MVP. Yeah, uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah, Mookie's having a great year, but, yeah, to me, you know, the the question has always been, can Acuna stay healthy because he's been bitten by injury. And not only is he putting up these kinds of numbers, uh, he has not missed a game this season. Uh, he's out there every time, you know, <laughs> every night. You can count on Ronald Acuna leading off playing right field. And Mookie's a gold glove outfielder. Mookie's doing a good job in the infield too. Um, but let's not get it twisted. Ronald Acuna is a pretty damn good defensive right fielder as well. Uh, robbing home runs, throwing people out. Uh, he's got a cannon for an arm. Uh, yeah, to me, uh, he has to have, he has to be MVP. Matt Olson has cert- suddenly found his home run stroke again. He went a couple weeks without hitting one. I think he's hit three in the last three games. Put him up around 46. I think the, he's got a chance at the franchise record. I, Andrew, it's Andrew Jones. I think he hit 51 one year. I believe that's the number. I have to go back and look it up. We'll see. The Braves are still trying to catch, and they they if they can average two home runs a game. Uh, they still have an outside shot. They hit three tonight. They have an outside shot, uh, a, a really good shot actually, not outside of catching single season home run record set by the Minnesota Twins in I want to say 2019. So, uh, very good year um, in Atlanta, as we've talked about before. Uh, let's see. Uh, World Cup's going on. 
Dirk lost his head last night. Uh, I mean, not Dirk. Luca uh, lost his head last night. Got ejected. Uh, Canada beats uh, Slovenia to advance to the semifinals. Uh, they're playing on one side. The U.S. is on the other. Uh, so World Cup in basketball is down to its final four. And I'm not going to even lie to you. I can't remember the other two teams that are there. But I can tell you that Canada and the U.S. are going to uh, – Lithuania, who is the team that beat the U.S. in pool play, uh, lost their quarterfinal game uh, last night or the night before. So Lithuania is not advancing. So we got four left. Canada and the U.S. are the two prohibited favorites, and they are on opposite sides of the bracket. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, U.S. U.S. Open going on in tennis. Uh, this week, Djokovic is playing. Uh, Djokovic is playing uh, Benjamin Shelton, uh, African American uh, player who played at the University of Florida. Young guy, made it all the way to the semifinals in this thing. Coco Golf having a good run. Uh, Timers told me Wozniacki was going to beat her on Sunday. I said I don't think so. Uh, Coco Golf won there, and she has continued through the bracket as well. So uh, we will see if Coco can finally uh, come through and win a major, but she's having a very good run. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because they employ Brad Gilbert. He's been a guy, a guy that really uh, was credited with, uh, you know, helping Andre Agassi start to realize some of his potential way back in the nineties. Uh, so Coco doing a nice job. I'd love to see it. So hopefully uh, I mean, I don't know if Shelton can pull the upset, but it'd be nice to see uh, Americans in, in both finals on, on both sides. Uh, and then Carlos Alcaraz, the kid uh, from Spain, the 20-year-old that beat uh, Djokovic in the finals at Wimbledon, is on the other side of the bracket as well. So uh, U.S. Open happening as well. Uh, we are getting close to uh, the end of this show. Chandler, do you want to uh, – you want got anything you want to say as we get ready to close out? You know what, tonight is best. I keep my thoughts to myself. Um, just everybody be safe, man. All right. Well, thanks for coming on with me, Chandler. I know you got a lot going on. I appreciate you still uh, taking the time to pop in, share with me. Hopefully, uh, hopefully next Thursday we'll be in a, a spot where you can even uh, talk a little more. Very much agree with uh, with your takes tonight. I'm uh, I'm glad to have you, man. I enjoy uh, hosting the show with you. I'm glad that uh, you and I took decided to do this together, and I look forward to many more roundtable gumbos with you on Thursday night. So uh, thanks for being here again, sir. Appreciate all that you do, helping schedule and run the board, and, and all your commentary as well. As I say all week long when I promote this show. And they're always bring spice, and and I definitely appreciate it because it ain't gumbo without some spice. So, um, appreciate you very much, brother. And as you always say, man, say yes to life. Get out, do things. Reach out, talk to somebody if you ever need. Uh, don't suffer in silence, man. Um, as as we get close to the holiday months, man. Anybody out there, if you if you're struggling or you need somebody. Uh, whether it be crisis hotlines or whatever, uh, don't hesitate to call somebody. Make sure you talk to somebody. Um, so that's uh, that's one message that I know you always try to uh, pitch to everybody, and that's something that, that you believe in. And so uh, it's something that I always try to just spread the word on, say yes to life, as you always say. So uh, please uh, don't forget that. And don't forget our shows, Time of Sunday Morning Brunch on Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern, NFL Front Office Show on Tuesday night. All of our weeknight shows are at 9 Eastern. Uh, Callers Cookout on Wednesdays, Roundtable Gumbo on Thursday nights. Check us out, sportcitychefs.com. Got articles up and more continuing to come out, previewing each division in the NFL, getting you ready for uh, the regular season. You can also listen to any of our, our past shows. Uh, through our site, through any of your podcast apps, um, through your smart speakers and whatever. If you resonate with any of our shows, make sure you subscribe. That way you won't miss an episode. Like our articles, the numbers help us. Thanks again to PHI Apparel. Shout out to the head honcho, TP. 
to Dylan, Sirius, my co-host as well, Mr. Chandler Knight. Thank you for all you do. Uh, Controversy wrote an article this week as well. So did Dave Jets. He came back and wrote an article on the AFC East. We appreciate that. So uh, until next time, man, laissez les bon temps rouler. And as Thomas always says, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, well, now they know. Peace. See you next week.